I know you? But the boy, he knew my name. You must be mistaken. No, no, just a second ago he said my name, Marsha. Not Marsha. He must have said ma'am. Apologize for disturbing the nice woman and we'll go. Take me with you when you go. Please. I'm ready. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey, guys, it's Terry here. And um, we hope you enjoyed our conversation. Uh, I'd say it was uh, last week about Night Song. When I say last week, we literally had a conversation last week about Night Song. But we're recording this early to get this out for Halloween. So it's going to be, what, three days between episodes? But whatever. You know, you got, it's a, think of it as, you know, a trick. Sorry, a treat, not a trick for, for Halloween. Yeah, they wouldn't have known, but now they know. Now but they know. They know. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll never know what happens next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just imagine what our outfits look like right now, too. It's true. Mm. Right. Um, well, <laughs> I, I am I am dressed in and from the activewear department of the store or the um, the creepy um, Daft Punk section of the store. Um, that we're about to talk about. I, I don't even know what was going on in there. Uh, whatever I was telling my wife that we're watching the after hours, the update of it. She's like, Oh, you mean the movie mannequin? Like that? I was like, that's about right. So anyway, spoilers. I mean, like, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll get into yeah. something like that. <laughs> Yeah, so welcome to Strange Highways, everybody. This is the anthology-based podcast, which we do talk about a lot of the Twilight Zone. We've covered the original series, which we will have a connection to that. More about that in a second. And we're covering the 80s iteration right now, and we are releasing this on Halloween. So I'm hoping that everybody has a uh, a, a great Tuesday Halloween. I know most people celebrated it this weekend, and as we did in person ourselves, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, people are going to probably redline from all the sugar, but you know, I hope hopefully hopefully you have a good time, uh, and you're able to get some uh, some spooky watching in. I know I've been trying to uh, cram uh, some spooky stuff in here and there, as far as like the music and and books and such, and it's just like this year it seems like. As soon as October first hit, like the pedal has been to the metal. I I, I can't believe that it. it's almost Halloween already. Yeah, it's it's just I, well, also with like the people that we know, the the Venn diagram of our lives, it just everybody's been chomping the bit since like I don't know July fifth for this month, and it's just been like full speed and we're, we're at the end now and then we're going to run smack into November. And then I'm going to become, have my month long celebration of Thanksgiving. Um, well, I mean, I mean, just by eating food and drinking beer, I guess that's my month long celebration of Thanksgiving, but anyway, neither here nor there. Um, what we're getting into this evening, um, this evening, whatever you listen to this, this, the spooky, um, de- you know, uh, devil's night, uh, it is the, the after hours, uh, season two, episode four, segment a, 
Uh, air date October 18th, 1986. Number one film, the Halloween classic Crocodile Dundee. Uh, <laughs> and then the number one song is When I Think of You by Angela Jackson. So um, in regards to day and date stuff, the, this, this is a little interesting just because of what we now know in terms of the Olympics. On the 16th, the International Olympic Committee um, chose Albertville, France to be the host of the 92 Winter Olympics and Barcelona to be the host of the, the 92 Summer Games. This was the last time that the winter and summer games would be the same year. The the IOC decided to start splitting it to make it every every two years it would be, you know, uh, summer games the one time and then winter games, you know, two years later and so on and so on. So, um, you know, that as much as I think the Olympics um, in terms of uh, the financial side of it and how, how much ruin they leave in their wake just for, pe- for cities to overbid and all the problems that happen – um, I do think it's it, it regards like in terms of a spectator sport, an event having it like every two years is probably better for business than like having both every four years. Oh yeah, for sure. I, from that from that kind of stance, like to spread the wealth a little bit throughout you know two year periods of time as opposed to having it in the same year, that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Uh, you'd almost think that like maybe other events would catch up with something like that, but. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it just, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I think the Olympics are interesting in the sense of like, like on the surface of what they're supposed to stand for. But like, my God, like the, the moment you start going down that rabbit hole of like how much damage they cause, um, it is, it's like, why are we doing this? You know, it's like, oh, there's some people that want to make a lot of money and, and use uh, you like world goodwill as a reason to do it. Um, but yeah, anyway, the decision was made two days before this aired to, to split up the games uh, going forward. That's what I have for Dan date. Yeah, I couldn't really find anything of real interest. Uh, so yeah, that was a fun one. Um, uh, not as fun as some of our, you know, Playboy or Playgirl magazine <laughs> talks, but it's still fun. I um, mean, I'm <laughs> sure that I'm sure that Playboy would have like, you know, their uh, girls of the summer Olympics and girls of the winter Olympics issues or whatever. Right. Um, like, you know, I'm sure the team bobsled photos, whatever, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, just, I, you know, I'm sure, uh, curling. I don't know. I just, I got, ugh, all right. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna leave that one alone. No, I just want curling with like with the people that you see on the curling, like you know, like these dudes that look like they just like they look like us, right? Like like oh look, we can be athletes too. I you know, let's do that. You know what, Playboy, I dare you, show them. You know, like you know, <laughs> they I don't, don't exist. I don't think they. I don't think they want to be part of a photo shoot like that. But whatever. Anyway, it's, now, now it's gonna be fat dudes playing pickleball. So like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay so um are you anti-pickleball is that where like, i just know that like at least from what i understand of it anybody can play it it's almost like the golf kind of thing or it's like if you're a heavy set dude you can still play pickleball so i'm like maybe that will be my sport that for some reason and at 40 i'll finally become a professional at something <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like there's nothing stopping you from being like a professional miniature golfer, right? Like, um, you know, I, I think you could do that. Also, I don't know, like, I guess I me mean, pickleball, I guess picked up because of like, you know, the pandemic. Right. But like, I, I played that in high school. Uh, I mean, you know, I was junior varsity. I'm kidding. We didn't, but I, but we played it in gym class and I had completely forgot about it for like 25 years until it became a thing. And I'm like, oh, we all hated pickleball day. You know, like, I don't understand why this is suddenly a thing now, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- lately, it's been catching so much steam. And, like, the one podcast I listen to, they play it all the time. 
and I think they show it on the Ocho now. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, it's it's taken off because of like the, the the way that um you can use the same area for tennis courts and actually have more of them. But like, I've also been reading reports of like neighbors, like saying like the noise is causing them to go insane, you know, like, uh, <laughs> and it's becoming a real thing. Like I understand, like there should be a balance. Right. But like some people are like, yeah, we moved to get away from a lot of this. And it's just, all you hear is the, the thwack, like the well, loud, I, loud oh, noises. Oh, I, how dare people have fun? Well, yeah. But oh. like Terry, if you had a pickleball court right outside your window, um, and people played it like 12 hours a day, I'm sure, I'm sure you would be like, um, I don't know, like a Looney Tunes type character. Like when you try to go to sleep at night and your one eye would pop open, it'd be bloodshot and red with the moment you heard a pickleball being fired off. Right. Like, so I can, uh, it, it <laughs> there needs to be some nuance there. I'll just put it that way. But also I think flag football is being added as in a summer Olympic sport, like, um, soon how, I mean, really? Oh, so, so Johnny Manziel will have a, 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 a continuing <laughs> career. Hell yeah, dude! You know the for you know, him. You know what? You know you know what? You know who should come out and do it? Jerry Rice. He would just he would dominate. Still, you know, like just have him. You know, if, dude, if, I, if, I bet you Jerry's still a burner too. Oh yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. You know, come on, Let, let's you know, like he like he's faster than ninety percent of the people on the earth still. So like you know, like just have him out there. That'd be great. Um, but anyway, that's Olympic talk. Um, it's almost as if I'm dragging my feet here. Let's just get into who did what here with, this is an update of the after hours. We'll talk about the original episode. I'm sure as we go into this, but yeah, uh, the after hours, who, who did what here, Terry? Okay. So our director here is uh, first and, uh, and only time director, uh, credit for the twilight zone. Uh, so he, uh, his name is Bruce Malma, Malma. I yeah. think that's how it's mm-hmm. pronounced. Uh, but he did do a couple of films that I am familiar with. Uh, he had directed Nighthawks, which is badass, and Hard to Kill, which is this is the first time that this has ever been mentioned on here. But I think that Steven Seagal actually had a pretty decent career when he uh, when he was doing some of these action flicks. But uh, Hard, Hard to Kill is a pretty fun film. Um, yeah, I mean the first couple, like he, you know, like he was still young enough and not like overweight. You know, and, uh, and this one's like completely ridiculous because it's like you imagine Steven Skull being a badass, especially now. You're like, wait, no, what? Mm-mm. But the fact that this movie, he was like in a coma for like seven years or something like that. And it comes out and he's just whooping ass. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't think that's going to work like that, dude. But, you know, I'm glad that Hollywood <laughs> has some creative <laughs> writers. Just, just, just wakes up without any atrophy in his body whatsoever. Like, um, you know, he just pulls his hair back into a ponytail and it's like, I'm good. You know, uh, I uh, my my I typed it wrong here. I wrote heart to kill. So it just sounds like it was a made for TV, um, you know, uh, romance film. Uh, but yeah, Nighthawks, you know, the, the I, I come I watched it. Unfortunately, I watched it the week of, um, Oh, um, shit. What's his name? Uh, Rucker, Pat- Rucker Howard. Rucker Howard. God damn. Yeah. Rucker Howard. I, I have a Blade Runner poster that you bought me. It's staring me behind me, behind me right now. Like, you know, but yeah, Rucker Howard. Um, I watched it in the week of his passing. That is so a it's good- your fault. It's my fault. Yeah. Just- yeah. It's my, <laughs> I might like, there was like, it was like, it's like, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like the like the Santa Claus. Like there wasn't enough people believing the power of Rucker Hauer, and I just uh, <laughs> and I was I, if I had watched the movie a week earlier, he would still be You're around. The reason he got canceled, yeah. yeah. He just yeah, no. So no, it's it's a good movie. It's just that it it like the, the man like it there there's some really weird like second half problems with that movie, but there's enough going on there that I would recommend it to anybody to watch. You know, like and and him him and Stallone. Amazing at it. Oh yeah. And yeah. I, you know, just 
it's one of those movies like like Serpico and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like you know those those co- uh, cop movies from the uh, late seventies and the early eighties. This is like there is some logic problems, um, yeah. and there's definitely a, an abuse of power. And well, there's a sequence like, in a in a, was it a dance club that's really 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 good that people should, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's it, like I'm glad that I got to the movie. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm the reason Rucker Hauer passed away. You can blame me. Uh, Terry does whatever. It's fine. But yeah, this gentleman didn't actually direct a whole lot, uh, which you would think maybe because of Nighthawks, maybe because there was problems that it just you know. Who knows if the people tagged him as a difficult, you know, person to work with, or because the movie underperformed. You know, you never know. Like, if a project involving that much talent, if it stumbles, like who's going to be the one on the pike for it? And maybe mm, that yeah, kept, kept him from other other work. I don't know. Yeah, because there's definitely been some um, directors and writers that we've discussed uh, during the the, you know, the lengthy duration of this entire uh, podcast over the uh, the last like few years that I'm just like why didn't they do more? Like that seemed like, you know, whoever had like a keen eye for something or like their filmography was badass, but only like, you know, only lasted like 10 years. So it's like, who knows? There's a multitude of different things that we don't see behind the scenes of. So, yeah, but I would have loved to have seen a little bit more from this gentleman. Cause I do like both of those films and it, it, Nighthawks just feels like a Brian, Brian De Palma film to me. So I, that's, that's I, completely I fair. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, so our, our writing credits here, we have two. Uh, pretty much, you mentioned uh, the first one in a sense. Uh, the original story was uh, done by Rod Serling. So this being an, adaptate, an adaptation of it, the teleplay was done by Rockne uh, uh, O'Bannon, uh, mm-hmm. the you know the constant pretty much through the 80s version. Yeah, he's mainly the, the story time. editor. We've talked about him multiple times. Like This is where he kind of cut his teeth. This is the fourth like written by slash teleplay, teleplay credit that he has on the show, but he's done a lot of work behind the scenes being a story editor. But yes, uh, this is based upon um, the season one episode 34 episode. Sorry, season one episode 34 episode. That's a lot of times to say episode, everybody. Sorry. Uh, the After Hours, which was written by Rod Serling, directed by Douglas Hayes, my favorite director of The Twilight Zone. And yeah, this is like, um, regardless, like people usually when they like, when we talk to like, when, well, when people talk about The Twilight Zone, you, you if this one isn't that this is an episode that's not far out of people's minds as being ones that they think is the, one of the best. And in and, and some, maybe in some like past remembrances, like one of the scariest ones. So it's a tall order to be like, well, you know, we're going to do an update of this one. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, people people remember the after hours. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot to chew on um, from the original story. And mm-hmm. and it was originally aired uh, in uh, June 10th, 1960. So I, I'm like, honestly re-watching it. I'm like, damn, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah so uh, we'll get into our cast here. It's a pretty lengthy cast, but we'll, we'll get through lengthy it as quickly cast, as possible. Not much there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's just true. Yes, um, I don't, it's like it's like there are so many people. I'm like, damn it, no. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, but yeah. So here we have our cast led off by uh, Terry Farrell. Uh, she plays Marsha Cole. Uh, she was in Back to School, Hellraiser Three, Hell on Earth, and tons of uh, episodes of um, Deep uh, Deep Space. Deep uh, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. Yes. So the, the thing with her is it was it, uh, I have my notes here. In her junior year of high school, she was almost six foot tall at the time. She submitted her image to uh, the Elite Modeling Agency in New York City. Shortly after, uh, she was invited to New York, uh, and within two days of arriving, had an exclusive contract with Mademoiselle. 
She went on to appear on the covers of Italian and German editions of Vogue and was also featured in numerous editorials of, Amer- of the American Vogue. So yeah, uh, just sent headshots or whatever. At 16, got a modeling job, right? So then she'd go on to uh, do acting. Her big feature film you mentioned was Back to School. Um, I, knew, I, I knew you were going to mention that because of uh, Keith Gordon. Uh, we love him from Christine um, being the love interest in that film. Uh, and then, yeah, she was one of the, the major roles in uh, Deep Space Nine playing Jadzia Dax for six seasons. Um, and then she went on to actually be in the show with Ted Danson, the, the sitcom Becker for four seasons. Um, she pretty much retired from acting in 2002. Uh, she has come back to do a little bit here and there, but yeah, I mean like for, you know, still working what for almost like 20 years in the business, uh, she has some, uh, pop culture touchstones that like when I first like started watching this with my wife, I was like, Oh, it's Terry Farrell. And she's like, what? I'm like, like, I was like Dax from D space nine. She loves, um, next generation. I don't think she really watched Deep space nine. So I was like, Oh, Oh, I thought, Oh. So anyway, she didn't recognize her. That's what, what I'm saying. But I will always recognize Terry Farrell, like gorgeous. Yeah, I totally recognized her from um, uh, Hellraiser three. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's nice to see uh, again. I'm able to bring in the horror with, links with here, the so. Cenobite that had some CDs in its head, right? Wasn't that one of the Cenobites of that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, there's some there's some wild shit going on in that movie. <laughs> uh, the, the the pillar. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with, with yeah, with things hanging off of it. Um, but yeah, next here we have a uh, Ned uh, Bellamy. Bellamy mm-hmm. uh, plays man. Uh, I I think it, the better description is man with creepy hands. Um, yeah, flipper so, hands, man. Yeah. So, but he was in House Four. He was also in Shawshank Redemption, and one of uh, you know one of your personal favorites, Saw, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't. It, it, an episode doesn't go by when I don't sing the praises of that franchise on this show. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Right. But uh, next here is uh, oh, well. First, yeah. let me let me get a little bit more. Uh, this, he's one of those guys like he just he's one of those character actors that you re- you just know him. You're like, oh, I know that guy from that thing, right? Like uh, he was in Django Unchained. He was in an episode of Scrubs. Uh, he was in one of your favorite films, uh, Tenacious D's The Pick of Destiny, um, which I know you love. Favorite I, as in I've never seen. Yeah, because you love Jack Black so much. Now he plays. Uh, he's a security guard at the museum at the end with him and um, oh I forget the other actor the, the 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 other guy from SNL but they they're just security guards they just get high and like everything's going on it's like I'm like yeah I recognize that guy so uh, yeah but I like that he like we just know him from like authority figures like he was a Shawshank Redemption what as a guard yeah yeah he kind of has that guard looking face. So yeah, you got to respect that forehead. I, yeah. I really, I, <laughs> yes. I, I, I thought it was the dude that does Homer Simpson's voice from the. Simpsons. Oh no, that's like, that's it, Dan it, Castanella. But I, but it would be like if he had like um, a younger brother that was a little bigger and more intimidating. Yes, that would be. I think that'd be fair. And weird hands. But well, yes. uh, yeah, and, and, and then <laughs> next, <laughs> I was gonna make I was gonna make a Johnny Tremaine joke. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not. Uh, no. Oh, there was a Disney film. I think it was a Disney film called Johnny Tremaine, where this it was set during the like the Revolutionary War, where this guy Johnny Tremaine was um, he was an apprentice silversmith, and they mm-hmm. were working during the Sabbath, and something happened where because they, they you couldn't work during the Sabbath, right, or whatever on Sunday. And some silver spilled on his hand and it burned him. And then they had to wrap his hand up. And because of that, the fingers all like merged together and because he couldn't find work anymore. So it became this thing where it's like he tried to get a job and everyone's like, yeah, you look like a nice young man. Just shake my hand. And he couldn't do it. 
So, but he ended up becoming like a, a bigger, like a hero during the Revolutionary War. So I'm like, oh, Ned Bellamy, he has giant Tremaine hands. You know, anyway, so that's what. Blade like hands. Bla- yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, um, continue, please. <laughs> so next we have uh, Ann Wedgworth. Uh, she plays the clerk in this. Uh, she was in Steel Magnolias. And uh, it, uh, shows like Roseanne and Three's Company. I, it seemed like she did quite a bit more TV work than she had done for uh, you know film and that. For as much as we focused on her, I thought it was like, should we like? I, this is going to sound backhanded. I apologize. I'm like, should we know her? Like, I thought maybe I was like, maybe she was in the original After Hours, right? I thought I thought that's because I thought we we're getting like a little bit of like love in for that, and because I, I was like the way that we kept focusing on her, and and she wasn't, you know. And I was like, I thought maybe that was just, but yeah, I, I just feel bad that it's like she had a lot of TV work for sure. I just thought from the way that they kept focusing on her, that there was going to be something else that I was going to discover and looking her up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of surprised myself, Yeah, but next here we have a uh, chick Heller, a chip Heller. Uh, she plays uh, or he plays a workman uh, in uh, the season, uh, season one episode yeah, of uh, he, he welcome a, to Winfield. Yeah, He was a welcome to Winfield. The, our favorite segment from last season. Uh, mm. All right, moving on. I don't know if you have anybody else because I have a, I have a one or two bits here. Well, uh, let, yeah, go, you go ahead since okay. it, it seems like uh, you have a, like probably a more refined list here. I don't know about that. So the the one I want to mention is uh, Eden Gross. He's the boy, the one that we heard at the beginning of the episode, the one that puts the spider on uh, Marsh's hand. He mainly a voice actor. Um, he was the voice of various good guy dolls in the Child of Play films. Uh, so, um, and I just I when I saw that today because if you look at his IMDb photo. It's of a good guy doll, which I think is funny. Uh, and it's just like I sent to our group chat that we have because our friend, the Algoro over on his uh, talk without rhythm, uh, podcast, which again, everybody go check it out. He does his 31 days of Halloween. It's so much fun. We've talked about that previously. His last two main episodes have been discussing the child's play franchise. So I'm like, of course there's going to be a connection, you know? So I thought that was interesting. And also this kid, uh, he has the exact same birthday as me. Like I'm day and date. So, I could have been a good guy and I'm not a good guy. And that's yeah, well, me, but you're still a good guy. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, the only thing, the only other uh, real credit I wanted to give to him too, is he played uh, in a couple episodes of married with children. One of them in particular, I think it was the one where he got, he took the book out from the library and never brought it back, <laughs> but he plays young Al as yeah. one of his credits. So I think it's great that we have back-to-back episodes with uh, Married with Children connections. That's great. Or back-to-back full episodes of the the, the Twilight Zone. Like I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, was there anybody else that you wanted to uh, focus on here? Let's see here. Um, there, there, I, I see this uh, Alan. Yeah, C- Alan C- David. Nick? He was a security guard in this. Hundred and ten credits, mainly BBC stuff. Uh, and then we have there's a lot of this TV people. In the, but the one I think is interesting is that someone here listed as um, mannequin number two. Um, they'd really go on to do a lot of animation work. So it's like, they did a lot of like Nickelodeon shows. That's cool. Yeah, like cat dog. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> that's about all I got. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a, this Albie, I can't, I can't pronounce Selznick. Name, like Seasnick. Yeah. Selznick. Uh, plays a mannequin one, uh, breaking two. Electric oh, there Blue. we go. If we ever have a chance to bring it up, we got to, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. There's, there's just like background characters here that don't do a whole lot. So Yeah. So, okay. Um, so yeah, this is, this will be, it's, it'd be hard to talk about this without talking about the original after hours, which people, again, uh, if you've not seen the original after hours, uh, it's on Paramount plus 
uh, the original series is up there. Go check it out. It's a it's a wonderful episode, and I, I it will be hard to I don't wanna, I don't want to go beat for beat because I don't think that's fair, but there are strengths that 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 episode that. Um, and I, I, I am curious about your take on some of the decision-making in this iteration of it, but, um, uh, but this version, uh, as we've determined pretty much everything's available on YouTube to watch. Cause it seems like nobody gives a shit about the eighties edition of the twilight zone in terms of like taking down copyright issues other than songs, which we talked about last episode. Uh, this is all up there for to watch. So if you're at all curious, please watch, watch that. Cause I think it's worthy of of giving them both their own like ground when considering both of them. I'll just say like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I would re- highly recommend watching the original episode prior to watching the adaptation yeah, of for it. Sure. Um, yeah. But with this one, it's like, I, I it, we, we get the update where instead of a department store, it's a shopping mall, which I get it because that like the, the idea of a mall wasn't a thing in like the mid sixties that was just starting to come up. Right. Uh, it was still like uh, department stores. Uh, and, I know that we know them from being at malls, but did you ever go to a department store that wasn't like an anchor to a mall? No, I, I know that in the Cleveland area, we had um, some bigger ones that were downtown in that, you know, multi-level. Yeah. Um, I guess the, probably the closest we would have now to that would be the pretty much defunct Tower City mall. <laughs> I mean, it, it's open, barely. Uh, I was just there uh, about a week and a half ago and whew. Um, it's not great. Uh, but yeah, like, um, so like I even, I remember growing up where I did in the, like in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, like in the eighties, we still actually had, there were smaller, but we actually had like a department store in our town where like, it was like, you actually could go up like up to the second floor and down to the basement, lower level. And they had like different like departments, like, and it's like, it's, it's mind blowing to think now that that was a thing. Right. But like, so that like, so when you talk about, the the original after hours that that's based off of that but this is an update of the mall it's a galleria um and we have our main character marcia in the middle of the night uh getting off a bus and she's trying to get into the place is closing which um i don't know marcia but i know being a retail worker i don't like her uh, yeah i i used to work <laughs> i used to work at the mall i worked at the mall for quite a bit of time so it's like you know what the hours are here, lady. Come on. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's just like she's like, I gotta get in. I just need one more thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody does, right? Like, um, like I, I don't know about you. I still have retail dreams. Do you still have dreams working in retail? I don't know if you do or not. Um, I, every so often, I, do, I go back to what a couple of my old jobs. I even had one last night. I kid you not. Where. I turned around and like people were just lined up all around the counter space I was at and I just couldn't help everybody. It was, um, you know, maybe I have some unresolved issues. I don't know, but yeah, perhaps um, I, I know it can leave a lasting impression on people. Uh, um, they can have flashbacks, but <laughs> yeah, but for, fortunately enough, um, I never really had like a really bad, uh, experience, but it, it was still was, you know, retail and especially during the holidays, it became a little frustrating. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So she tries to get in the one guy's like, nah. And then another guy shows up. That's very, um, very stoic, very just like, you know, like, okay, fine. He's like, it's closed, but I'll let you in. And then she runs into the mall. And then the, the, off to the right side, we see, um, our, our friend, uh, D- you know, Dan Castanello's younger, taller brother, just like staring. Right. Um, so, but the thing is like, as she keeps making her way through, everyone's like, Hey, we're closing. She's like, I know just one minute, just one minute. It's like, I, <laughs> I'm like, you deserve whatever's coming. Uh, so she gets to the elevator 
Um, I like, did you notice the one security guard's like, hey, we're closing. And she's like, I'll just be a minute. And he's like, hey, that's okay. I got a hot lady with me. And they just walk off. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, he was ready to get loose. Uh, he was he was totally ready. And I, you know, I, I applaud that gentleman because he was like, I don't get paid enough for this crap, so I'm out of here. Yeah, he's like, I'm clocking out. Like, that's it, you know. Like I got I got this lady with me that may or may not be one of the people that are stuck here like permanently, but you know, she's got 30 days, it's fine. So anyway, so um yeah, so we get Marsha going up to the toy store, and then the gate's already halfway down. Again, if the gate's halfway down, don't go in. Like, I just, you know, like you've worked at a mall. That's the, that's the universal sign of like, don't do that. Right. Yeah. There's an edit. There's basically an etiquette that yeah. you don't really, well, you shouldn't have to explain to anybody. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was working at um, a, a blockbuster, there was somebody that came in like right before we closed. I mean, this happened all the time. Everyone's like, Oh, I just need a movie. It's like, yeah, great. And I remember I was so pissed. This person was like, well, I just like, I just want to really, a really good movie. I walked over. And I was like, Citizen Kane, greatest film ever made. They're like, I want something different than that. I'm like, that's not what you said. You know? <laughs> 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 so yeah, if the gate's halfway down, don't come in. Uh, but yeah, she's there trying to get like the attention of somebody. Uh, and then that's when we get uh, the, um, what was it? The lady, the person working there, the, the one that just like the one that's like, I don't know. Like she's just like, she's like, dressed in purple like she's ready to go I don't, she just doesn't look like somebody that work at a toy store i'll just put it that way no she doesn't i i, I she looks more like that she would smell like cat urine and probably work at the <laughs> <toy drill. laughs> yeah will this will this be cash or kitty litter i just think okay no um yeah no she has that kind of wild like crazy look about her right like i get that uh, yeah, the clerk. Uh, so then the Marshall's like, yeah. And also here's my other problem with this episode. I get that there's supposed to be a little bit of satire here, uh, but she's asking, uh, so Marsha asks for a cornfield kid doll. Um, <laughs> it is, it is, it, it, this is of all the images in this episode. That's the stuff of nightmares is this the cornfield kid doll. I couldn't get a good screen grab of it, but yeah, cont- Terry, please continue. I, I, knowing like, you know, if you're watching a show from this era, or maybe even uh, were like a fan of the original series, you're probably a little older, and probably really understand the reference. But just in case, I imagine that they're hearkening back to the the Cabbage Patch doll. Oh no, that that was like I mean I know you're a little younger than me, but like that was insane. Like the, the, the frenzy. I I mean I've yeah. seen old footage of this like on the news and everything or you know like because they'll still talk about this during holiday time like hey be careful when you go to the store because people will trample you yeah no that was a big deal like i mean uh maybe maybe you would probably have a better frame of reference do you remember like tickle me elmo was like the thing everybody had to have yes i do so like that (laughs) was like that was like that right but the cabbage patch you know kids that was just ridiculous. Um, and to the point I remember that, well, I, I didn't remember airing, but I know uh, Eddie Murphy did a skit on Saturday Night Live of um, his Mr. Robin's neighborhood where he was just like taking uh, like baby dolls and just putting a head of cabbage on them. And like, you know, and just tell him like, that was his way of like making some additional money, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you know, it's a cabbage head doll. It's perfect enough. Right. But like, this was like, they did the opposite. They took, they took a cabbage patch doll head and put it in like an ear of corn, like whatever, like an ear of corn that still had like, it's uh, like, you know, it had the husk on it still. It is, 
Um, if you would have told me, if you would, if someone would go through and switch out the pods from the seventies pod people film with those, I think that would be scarier, right? Like just having those, uh, cornfield kid dolls under beds and taking people over. Like it's, it is, it is terrifying. Yeah. It's, and I just, I, again, I, I think it's kind of fun that they went with this, went this route because obviously they can't really call the cabbage patch kid out. Uh, oh, for here, sure. You know, no, they probably like, have to pay some kind of rights or some crap. Yeah, but the, the fact they call that, like, we get, we get what was going for, but the actual doll itself was just the stuff of nightmares, right? Like, uh, Sid made one of these in Toy Story. We know that, <laughs> right? So, uh, but then, so as, so as Marsh is waiting for the clerk to go grab one, uh, that's when she gets the toy spider put in her hand. She turns around and uh, there's a little tiny fancy man there, right? Like, and he's like, and he says, he calls her Marsha. Clearly calls her Marsha. And, and then like all of a sudden there's, there's a woman behind him that's also dressed fancy. And she's like, Oh, leave the woman alone. And then Marsha's like, no, he called me Marsha. And I, I just, the, the part of that part of the dialogue is like, Oh no, he must've said ma'am. Those, those are not nearly close to each other in terms of no. words. That's annoying. That annoyed me. That yeah, was kind of annoying. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. Like I, knowing the rest of this, uh, this episode, I think this that this part of the the episode is just silly. I just, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, like what the hell's the point? Well, the only thing I like I the, the only two things because the first time through watching this, I was like I I was like like I, it it I don't know. There's I don't know about you. Sometimes like I try to give things a fair shake, but I, like I was telling you before we start recording, I ended up watching these. Ba- I watched the original episode uh, with my wife and then watched the segment back to back. And when we got to this point, there was just kind of where like um like the wheels fell off for me immediately and i was like what is going on like so i kind of went into like just laughing at things which i shouldn't have maybe right maybe i should have given it a, like more time but this was like i don't even know what's going on here but on the second time around when he says you know hey you know you know I- i'm ready to go please take me with you like you know like that that's creepy right but then the one thing i noticed on the second time through which i don't know if you know this or not when he's like reaching up for her there's a price tag hanging off his elbow Oh, I did not know. And it's that. like, it's one of those things. It's like, I mean, we all know where this is going, but it's like, that's a nice detail. Um, and it's like, and because the whole thing is absurd, you like that to me is like, that's way creepier than everything else going on. Right. Like, um, and I hate that that's like, more effective at, at the very least, especially yes. knowing what you'll know by the end of this episode. Yeah. So storyline. So yeah. So the, 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 they leave and then the clerk comes back with the, the, the stuff of nightmares doll. And, um, that's when Marsha's like, yeah, like my landlord's kid's been talking about this forever. And then, and then Marsha's like, I have to tell you everything I know about myself, which is three things. One, um, I just moved into this place a month ago and the landlord was really nice cause I didn't have money for first month's rent, but he gave it to me anyway. And, you know, I have this new job and like, it's just, she mentions like, and also my name is Marsha. Like there's okay, say four things that she knows. Also five things. She knows that, um, like, you know, that she has the, the, the privilege to come running into a mall at closing. Um, so anyway, so we know, but then the clerk starts like poking at her, like asking questions. Right. And that's where this starts getting like the, this segment is it's a little bit more menacing and tilted towards horror, which I know is probably a better direction to go than the original episode. Right. But the clerk is very, um, not sadistic, but like she's, she's picking at scabs here. 
right? Is it, is it, I'm not saying that right, but you know what I mean? Like the way she's like asking very pointed questions of Marsha. And Marsha, not knowing her, it's like she's getting really kind of like confused. Like, all right, who the hell are you? Why do you know so much about me? And why, you know, like, why is the things that you're saying to me making me that much more confused? Because as she's as the clerk is asking her these questions, he's like, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that is, or I don't know how long, you know, like, I don't know why I don't, don't have money. I don't know why I can't remember these certain things. Hey, did so you notice like, how like, it's, it's, she was like undoing the top of her blouse or something? Like, did that, was that weird to you? Like, it looked like she was like, um, looked like she was like, like the, so supposedly it looked like she was taking ribbon to wrap the, the doll, but it was like part of her, like her outfit. Did you notice that? Oh, the clerk. Yeah. yeah the clerk, that was sorry. strange. Yeah. Anyway, continue, please. I was just like, this is all weird. Anyway, like, yeah. The way she kept poking at like, uh, Marsha being like, yeah, well, what do you, where did you come from? Like, where, where, like, where, where were you more than 30 days ago? And, and Marsha's getting more and more uncomfortable. Um, you know, and credit to Terry Farrell. She actually sells it pretty well. I mean, she doesn't have much to work with here and I, and I don't have a problem with her performance in this. I honestly don't. I think she does pretty good for what it is. For what it is. Yeah. yeah. I, but the, the, like, not only is there like a certain, um, kind of tension that's being built here because of the clerk and that but the clerk is just becoming that much more of a weird like like weird in the way she's approaching this like just her demeanor just feels very off-putting yeah and i it's it's like i don't know like i i I don't know if she was the best choice for this but she definitely made me feel you know you know uncomfortable yeah, no, for sure. Like, and it's, and, and the way she, like, it keeps putting in this bit where she had the scissors and like all that stuff. And then, but eventually Marsha's like, no, you know what? I got my, I got my, uh, corn cob kid doll or whatever. Cornfield. I keep, I keep calling it corn cob kid. I don't know why, but it doesn't much matter. Right. That, um, this demon doll and she just runs away and she runs through the mall and she's about to get out of there. She goes back to the elevator. And then when that's when she gets to the elevator, that's when we find that guy that like, you know, he, he, he calls her out by her name, Marsha. And then he, that's when he holds up his giant Tremaine hands and, uh, shows, uh, what's going on there, which is a pretty good image, you know, for what it is. Um, it is upsetting how his, it looks like his, his, um, his, his, all his fingers are fused together, like kind of like flippers, right? Yeah. That's probably the best way to describe it. Um, and I just, I I was really confused at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, so she, of course, tries to escape him, and she he seems to be nearby no matter which way she goes. And there doesn't seem to be anybody else in the in the the mall now at this point, right? Like everybody's gone by this point, and the lights are turned off, the gates are closed. She can't get out, and now she's pretty much terrified at this point because it's like, how the hell is she supposed to get out of there? And who is like? Where's the security in that? Yeah, well, we know the security. He's already out and about. Like it's you know, Margarita Wednesdays or whatever down you know down at Margaritaville. That's where he's at. So, um, so she heads downstairs back through the one part of the like you know it's like I don't know Sears or whatever, right? And with like we have those other. We didn't even mention the weird the weird mannequins she passed by there, like the '80s mannequins, like the ones that with like the neon and like you know like the robot looking ones with like the teeth and things that was weird, right? Those were weird looking. Um, yeah. Cause you, uh, you've even made the joke that they were uh, like 
dubstep or, or, or they're like punk like that punk yeah yeah so um but yeah it was um so she's running by all that she tries to get out and then um but then we also like so like people like we had this brief bit it's again it's it, this is an homage to the original episode where you hear the name Marsha being said over and over again and we're cutting to images of mannequins like that are actual mannequins and like you just hear these menacing voices and then she goes running away and then some of them start to animate and try to capture her. Um, but then the whole thing there is, uh, she, uh, and, and runs into one of like one of the back rooms, like one of the stock rooms. Um, uh, and this actually is one of the, the there, there's two things here. One, there's a missed opportunity. Did, were you expecting the weird, like, um, eighties, like artsy looking hands to do something? Like there's this big, like, like there are the, these elongated, like just hands back there. There's a black one and a white one. Were you hoping that maybe they would animate and reach for her? I was hoping. I, yeah. There, it, well, it, I mean, it begs the question, why didn't they do yeah. anything with that? That seems like a lost opportunity. That would have sure. been like, yeah, interesting. Right. But the, but when she looks in the one, like, um, it's like one of those big, like uh, laundry, like, like big industrial laundry bins or whatever, like the big baskets, it's just full of mannequin heads. That to me is probably um, one of the like. That is creepy. That's a creepy and, shot. And it's at this point too that they're all saying like she's hearing her name over and over again mm-hmm. as she's running around this mall. And a couple right? of them, yeah, a couple of them are actually speaking to her. Some of them are actual mannequin heads. But you, the way they do the shots actually effective, right? Like that's creepy. Yeah, it's um, starting to become a lot more like a, like a dream sequence. And yes. I, I will say though too that the the freaking uh, like Tron members that she passed by, like that just didn't make any sense to no. me. I wish they wouldn't because it didn't, it didn't match anything else in that area. So, like, if they leaned hard into like, oh my god, check out this new technology. Here's a Nintendo, and then they had those guys sitting there. That would have made sense. But they where they were. There was nothing else that would match yeah. that kind of style. So do you it. think that when she was like, when they're doing some casting for uh, Hellraiser three, they're like, are you, um, are you okay with like things that don't make sense around you? She's like, yeah, I have some experience with nonsense dolls around me. You know, like, <laughs> like there's these two things I walked by. One of them had human teeth and it chittered at me. They're like, you're, you're, you're hired. You know, like <laughs> anyway, uh, we have such sites to show you. We have such discounts for this weekend sale. Uh, so, um, uh, anyway, um, so, uh, so after she you know, runs through there, that's when they start like trying to like tell her to remember. And one of the things that this episode does do that's different than the original is that, uh, as she keeps trying to get away, um, parts of her start turning to mannequin, which is some of it works, right? I like the, 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 like the, the creeping horror of her, like losing the ability to use her one leg. Right. And then her one hand freezes in place and then slowly, but surely the rest of her starts like freezing in place. I like that. Um, she is the shiniest looking mannequin I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I'm not sure what they were trying to do with that effect, but I, I do appreciate what they're trying to, to like instill here that like it, whether she's fighting the hands of time or not, she's going back into what her, her true form is. Yeah. And so basically those that are like, it's like equal parts menacing, but also like, you know, you had a month out, it's time for somebody else to take their turn. But then, yeah, she's like screaming. and doesn't want to go back, but then we end up like, so at the end there, we see that all the, all the principal players are mannequins in the morning. 
Um, and he, like, oh, by the way, I don't like the whole like batting them over the head. Like we're all mannequins. It's like, I think we figured it out TV. Thank you for letting us know. Um, but the next day, um, can you explain to me the display she's part of? It, like there's a guy holding a fan. It's a mannequin holding a fan towards her. It's a big summer sale. And it's like the way her body's positioned, she looks like she's in pure terror uh, with the fan blowing <laughs> on her. It, I, you're not wrong, honestly. And I think that's the thing. It's kind of, it makes it more effective because again, she wasn't able to fight this off. She wasn't able to stop the the change, but like, yeah. So she's like stuck in that in that kind of like that pose as opposed to like, you know, like, Oh, okay, here, here's this nice blouse that we're going to put on this. And then the mannequin looks happy and whatever. She just looks like she's just locked into that. <laughs> Which <laughs> like, I mean, we're going to deal with, we're going to deal with this the best way we can. All right. So here's a fan blowing your hair back. You can't believe these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's like what they were trying to go, go for there, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna scare the sale out of you. Like what? No. Uh, so uh, just uh, scare the money out of your pocket. Yeah, it was just weird, right? So that, there it is. Uh, so with that being said, um, when watching the original, uh, the 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 two things I will get there is that I like that there's um there's two things going on in that episode. One is our main character um, uh, dealing with the actual department store staff, and then how like her story's not adding up. So we actually have actual people working there that see her as a person. Right. And then, so when we get to the end, we get a human reaction to what's going on, which I think is interesting. And then like, and then two also like, I don't know, like, uh, just some of the, some of the directing choices and in that iteration by Douglas Hayes, again, I'm a honk. Um, I, I adore him. Uh, we, 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 we talked about him doing the invaders when we did the revisit of that. Right. Um, there's just some smart ideas in that segment. Like the, the, the person that was like the, the clerk working like the 13th floor or whatever it was, there's a bit when our character in that one was going in the elevator and she opened the elevator doors open and there's a mannequin there staring at her and she freaks out and backs against the wall of the elevator, the back wall. And the camera moves over to her like slowly to the right. And then when it moves back to the left, it's the actress that are, she switched out of the, like where the mannequin was. It's such a small and subtle thing that it is just so effective. And you're going to be like, well, yeah, it's easy. They did that. Sure. But it works. Right. And like, but I don't, I just yeah. like, but at the same point, are you ready for it? Yes. And there's a big, that's why I think that when you say effective, it, it is effective in the fact that it's like, it's not what you expect that happened next. And it yeah. actually, it makes you question the sanity of Marsha. Yeah. Well, then even like, um, in, in that episode too, like when it, like there's towards the end when she could, like goes back up to that floor and she's walking t- like towards the center of like whatever that floor is. And all of them start animating and walking towards her. That is, why is that so much more effective? Right? Like, cause it is, it really, really, really is. Um, and it's like, you know, I'm not trying to like, I guess I'm not trying to be like, well, it's the original series. You and I both know that the original series has plenty of potholes, right? We know that. But this one, it's like just it 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 just works, and um, you know it, it is still a little bit of a fantasy that somehow mannequins get to go away for a month and come back, and they all take turns, whatever. Like it's the Twilight Zone, fine. I, I'll give you that. But um, it's just that if you're going to take the swing, um, I understand that they're leaning more towards the body horror part of it in this segment, which is fine. 
I just don't know if the rest of it works for me. And I, I agree with you. And I, I, you know, I can see what they were trying to achieve by leaning a little bit more into the, the horror, the terror that possibly this woman could be being put through. Um, I just wish that it could have spruced up a little bit of the, you know, the, the the lines and possibly how certain things would play out. Um, I, I could have done without the kid and his mom that just didn't work for me. Yep. And, and just like this whole smoke and mirrors thing of like trying to get her to realize what's going on until she's scared back into her original form. Like I just, I don't know. Like I like how the original ends in the fact that it's like they had to jog her memory. Yeah. It's like what, remember why you're here? Remember. And it's like, Oh yes, I am a mannequin. Like that there is like, a subtlety to that that still it doesn't put me at like in a comfortable position. Like it's like so now she's got to wait however long that is again until the next bit of freedom. Like there's still like some trauma to be built from that as well. And, and even when that episode ends, she's just kind of like there talking to the one dude, and it's like, yeah, I really liked it. I really liked it a lot. And it, it kind of makes me think of um, and I, I, I may be not re- remembering exactly which part of the Amish that do this, but there, there is a certain well, the, part of the, the Amish you're talking about where they let them go for a year. Like when they're younger, they get to go out for a year. They get to leave the, their, their community to go out into the world of the English. Right. And like, and, to, right. and then they can make their decision. If like, if, if like you, you've seen what the world offers, do you want that? Or do you want to come back to us? I think that's, and that's yeah, kind of where, yeah. like, as I was watching uh, both of these uh, segments, that's kind of what he was making me like think of. Yeah. Like that's like, a, that's a really good, interesting way to write that into a, a sci fi narrative. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, um, I just, there, there's, you know, there, like there's good meat on the bones of the original story. I mean, does the original one, like, could, you know, could you maybe handle things differently for sure? But it like, it's still considered like, you know, one of the pinnacles of the series. I mean, it, you know, like, by a lot of people, right? Like, I mean, if I go back and rank all what hundred and some fifty some episodes or whatever, you know, well, I'm sure there'll be some like, but it's up there. Like, and again, and Douglas Hayes is a director. I wish that he would have stayed more on the series than he did. It's just that he was moving on. Like, there was some uncertainty behind the scenes, and he moved on and whatever. But like, you want to talk about like, you know, you have in the original episode one of my favorite directors of the series. You have Rod Serling, and like, it did just. You know, and also like you have the time, like Buck Houghton, like the, the, the producer that had Sterling's back and how he did the, like the, how he and the, the powers behind, um, I forget the name of the gentleman that was doing the makeup effects. Like they made it all work. Right. And then for this iteration of the twilight zone, I have no problem being like, Hey, you're here for a reason. Let's show you some of the like thing. Like, cause when we, um, they did the revisit of was it was called dead woman shoes. I actually think that segment was better than the original dead man shoes of the original series. So I think there's, you know, you can have updates, right? And like, I just, other than changing this to an actual mall and then leading into the body horror side of it, I just don't know why else it exists. That's all. No. And it's, that's terribly like, well, it's like, it's, it's really an understandable reason to, to have that opinion. And, I don't necessarily think it, it probably should have been remade. I think it was just an effective story as it was. Now, even what they could have done with it, um, as far as like special effects and you know plot line and that, I didn't 
feel like it was like that much of a, uh, you know, a bump. It, like it didn't really do a whole lot for me. Yeah. I oh, was for just sure. kind of like, well, there it is, you know? Yeah. Now, if it would have been, exi- if it existed on its own and not have anything to compare it to, I'd still think it would probably be like a, a decent episode of like, you know, uh, are you afraid of the dark or something like that? <laughs> yeah. The tale of the cornfield kids or whatever. No, uh, uh, it just, I was joking. I think I was joking when we were at the Halloween party we we're at this weekend, uh, that I was like, if they did, if they were somehow, they did an update of it now, it would just be one person wandering around a mall with literally nobody in it whatsoever. Like no matter what time of day it is, there'd be nobody there. And they'd be like, you're a mannequin. It's like, yeah, but no one, there's no one here to tell me that I'm going to leave now. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like, I, like I have Cole's cash though. I have Cole's cash. <laughs> like the busiest part is the food court. And it's like, you have a mannequin. It's like, yeah, but can you come over here? We need you at Sabaro. We're going to just have you work over here. It's fine. You know, we can't get it. We can't get rid of this dry pizza fast enough. <laughs> Like, no, no, that's the update. Somebody comes in and it's like, I love them all. It's like, yeah, you've been gone for 30 days. It's like, what was your life outside? It's like, I did all these things. It's like, no, no, no. You're part of Sabaro. You had your time away. You're back now. Like, yeah. that be like? Yeah. <laughs> we just... need to give, we need to give, have another option for our customers to have uh, diarrhea. So no, but it just, I just like the idea that just be like this rotating Sabaro employees that, that they're there 24 hours a day for life, but they get one month out of, out every so often. It's yeah. like, Oh, but you are Sabaro. Oh, <laughs> like <it's... laughs> I, I actually feel like that's probably the people that work at the cell phone booths instead. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, no, <laughs> you know much, I much respect. Did. Like as much as I understand, like I, I hate the, um, the, the, the seagull pressure that's put on people that work kiosks. I get it. I really, really do. Right. Of like that kind of front facing sales, like where you have to put the pressure on. It's like, you know, I like, it's, it's almost like you have to just keep walking. It's like, Hey, are you happy with your current cell phone plan? I'll be like, I don't know what a phone is. And I just keep walking, you know, whatever. It's like, just, just, help me. Yeah. Help. <laughs> like, it's my time to go. Please take me with you. You know, whatever. So, uh, Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. That's the after hours. It was, uh, again, I'm not very sympathetic with Marsha because she, uh, showed up at closing time. You deserve whatever's coming to you. (laughs) I'm kidding, but not really. Yeah. Not terrible. Not great. Uh, you know, it's, it's, if I, anything, it's a, a mediocre, uh, uh, revisit of this, uh, a, a decent story. It doesn't mar my opinion of the original. Uh, the original was quite great. And people should watch it. And also, again, and this is, again, this is not a knock against this. It's just that um, there's something to be said for the original series being shot on black and white film. And, like, somehow it still looks crisp. It looks clean. There's some amazing shots in there. There's a bit of the, that character looking through, like, this um, uh, distorted glass. Like, it's, uh, you know, like, there's some really, really cool shots in that episode. Um, and it just, it just holds up. It just holds up so well. It's like, so with this, it's almost like, I guess I'm partial to that. So it'd be like, I have a hard time separating the two, but you know, on its own merits, it's okay. We've seen way worse so far in this iteration of the twilight zone. I was just kind of being like, Oh, maybe we're going to like, maybe hit like an uptick. And this is like straight down the middle. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So, so all right. it is what it is. And we move forward. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Onward. Yeah. Uh, the only other trivia I have from this, I, there, I had a whole bunch of trivia about the original episode, but whatever. It's just somebody accused Rod Serling of plagiarism and there's a back and forth letters that was written back and forth. That's really, really entertaining how just the amount of time people had 
to have a head full of steam to write letters to each other then is really entertaining. And Rod Serling has some very pointed comments about everything. Not going to get into that, but basically this one guy accused him of taking the story because it was submitted to Kyoga Productions. Uh, but he also was like, I didn't actually ever read this. And he's like, I could also have pe people show you multiple iterations of having stories sent to us involving mannequins and also mysterious floors that aren't there. It was a whole thing. <laughs> so whatever. Trivia I have for this, which I think is interesting, just because I'm curious what was cut. There was an opening narration for this segment that is not available now. That is um, That was cut for the DVD release. And if you look at the YouTube cuts of this, there's no Aidman intro. I'm okay with that but I wonder why it was cut. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that as well. I, I, I don't know what kind of, what kind of legal stuff maybe might be attached to it. I don't know. I just, yeah. So that's the, maybe trip. somebody finally realized that uh, what Aidman is saying, is not really making any sense. <laughs> You're like, we're just going to do the, the audience a favor here, dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, like so the, that, they're the, not going to be stuck in some kind of fever dream. Like yeah, you are the, the, <laughs> the bus making noises at the beginning makes more sense than a lot of the intros. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, all right, um, yeah, was, as we do, we just have to rate that twist. <laughs> twist rating one through five is always one, meaning saw it from a mile away, five meaning mind-blowing. I don't think I, I don't think it would be fair to rate the twist of, oh, she was a mannequin the entire time, because you and I both knew that. Like, no yeah. kidding, right? Um, I will say I didn't see her, like, I, again, the, 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 the creepy turning into like a mannequin over time, you know, I'm going to give, I'm going to give that a three just because that was effective. I'm not saying the, the execution was great, but Terry Farrell also sells the terror of it happening to her, right? This, especially with the second arm when she's reaching up and she's looking at her arm being frozen. That's a, you know, like there, there's a panic there that's not in the original episode with the main character. So I'll give it that. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's really where the, the twist lies. Um, and I'm going to give it a four because I do feel like they leaned pretty heavily into mm -hmm. the, the horror aspect here and, you know, the body horror and which uh, God loves, I love uh, send me some body horror. So, but yeah, yeah, it was so. a, that's where the twist is for me. Absolutely. So yeah, that's going to do it for our discussion about, uh, the after hours. Uh, you guys can find us on, uh, uh, or you all, or yins, you know, if you're from certain parts of the country. Uh, you, <laughs> uh, you, you can find us on Facebook at Strange Highways. You can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast.gmail.com. Uh, just share your opinions about this. Like, I, because again, this is going to be one of those rare instances where there is an, a, a quote unquote modern update. Uh, of, of an episode. So let us know your thoughts and opinions, uh, wherever you find your podcast, uh, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. And Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Uh, we're still on Instagram folks, uh, a little slow going here and there, but, uh, we're still, uh, trying to inter uh, interact with you, uh, engage in a different way. I know that some people are just not so much into the social media these days, but really it's a, it's a useful tool for us to get out to more listeners and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And also like, uh, we, we did kind of talk about it. We didn't say exactly when, cause it like when we were recording last episode, it had not been released yet. We were on at the devil's ball to talk about scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, and also the book series as well. So we talked about the book and the film, uh, and I'll get you that episode number right now. Cause there's also one other thing I'll, I'll mention here. Uh, it was episode, uh, 164. They just put out, it was myself, Terry, my wife, uh, uh, um, Samuel, Nathaniel, and, um, 
the two other people, I, their names are failing me right now. I feel so bad about that. It was a fun talk. Go check that out. And then also I had a Terry, uh, cause we, we talked about this here on this show. Cause we talked about, um, the once a future King, there was an actress in that, that was in kiss meets the fam of the park. We covered that on invasion of the podcast. And it was, yeah, quite it, was, this, yeah. it was, it was, it was a controlled chaos. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was, um, you, me, uh, the El Goro, uh, friend of the show, uh, Richard, who's been on the show multiple times and Dynamo Mars of the deadites and, uh, the force and sensitive podcast. And yeah, that was the thing. It was a lot of fun. It was like three hours of silliness and uh, like some great guys. And we all are consummate professionals. So we kept it together. Right. Yeah, you know, it's, sure. uh, that's how we that's how we do. So yeah, you so. be uh, you be a judge for yourself. I I I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, if no one's ever seen that, uh, you get some popcorn, you get some you get some beer, and you get your friends together and you watch that and oh, just geez. hold yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a thing. I'll put it that way. So so if you think of this one hour episode as being a fun size bar, think of that episode as a full size bar. Well, I'm gonna say like so. If you guys want some more. Uh, Halloween tomfoolery. Go check that out. So, so yeah, uh, that's all the things we've been doing. We're going to talk about, let's talk about what we're doing next. And now, Mr. Serling. So next episode, it is a uh, season two, episode four, segment B, Lost and Found. Terry, spoilers. Um, you know how we thought we were mainly past three segment episodes of like the hour long version of the series? This mm -hmm. is a middle one. And from what I understand, it's the shortest segment that's ever aired on the twilight zone of like five minutes and change. So let's see if we can stretch it to two hour conversation. I'm kidding. It's uh, it's going to be called uh, lost and found. Um, I'm going to guess if it's only like five minutes and a half, there's probably not a big cast list. And, and if there's 30 people on this, kill us now. Oh God. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Sometimes it's nice to get like these little, like little reprieves. It will be a little bit of a gap between episodes. Cause we are releasing this on Halloween because we think it's like, you know, why not? Right. Everybody have a good, a good spooky night. Uh, enjoy your candies, enjoy your, your treats and watch spooky stuff. Like, please enjoy it you now. Cause like, I don't know. It's Halloween. It's a good time, right? Terry, I know it's, I know it's your favorite holiday. Oh, you're damn right. It is. Uh, I mean, I, I, I love the spooky season and I love sharing it with people and, uh, hopefully, uh, you guys all have a good one. Yeah. So in the meantime, um, yeah, have a good spooky season and I don't know, don't go to places as they close because you deserve what you get. And don't scare anybody with your blade hands. Marsha. 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 Marsha, Marsha, Marsha.